Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is Horsing Around with Pete Fairbanks. Giving my strong yet unresearched opinions is something that I excel at. Presented by the original Louisiana brand hot sauce. You know, you're getting me and you. A lot of me, though, because I really like to talk. Now, here's your host. I have no idea how to open this thing. Today, uh, live from uh, Brandon's favorite country. Loves it up here. So do I. We are in Toronto. We are recording with one Brandon Lau who, uh, according to a fun fact on, might've been, it might've been out during the playoffs last year. No, no, it was, it was on the road team. Anyway, Brandon uses, uh, resistance bands to maximize his rotational power as evidenced by his, uh, how many, did he get like 32 so far this year? A 33, don't sell him short. I was, he's hit 33 here by maximizing his rotational power. We have Brandon Lau who loves Canada wouldn't you say it's honestly very nice from what we've been able to experience it's clean people are nice so that is the one thing I've noticed about Toronto compared to other big cities in the United States it is it is way cleaner yes and you don't have to walk past garbage bags sitting on the side weird feeling when you go out morning feels shouldn't be this clean and it is very well taken care of it is. It is. All right, Brandon. Um, I gotta. There's. There's two press. Very two. Very pressing things we need to get into. Did you go to Starbucks yesterday? Of course. You did? Okay. I, good. I googled coffee shop, small, family-owned business, and Starbucks showed up. So I mean, local. Yeah, local spot. Not a whole lot. I think it's only in Canada. So. <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah. excited. We went to. The spot we saw Star Two actually on our way back, and we figured, well, it's good that it's so close to the hotel. We wouldn't want Brandon to have to walk uh, too far to get there. Uh, so that is good. We're very glad that you found that. And uh, my second question: Do you know the history of the Maryland state flag? No, I um, just know. It, you just know that it's the best. It's, it's called for the best jerseys in college football and college baseball. Did you guys have a flag-themed jersey? We did. We actually had a a white jersey that said Maryland across the chest, and then each sleeve was a different part of the flag. I know that you uh, you actually made some Maryland flags when we were up in Baltimore, if I remember correctly, at the old Under Armour. Or 
I mean more Maryland shoes than Maryland flag, but or Maryland themed, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually had to go and look. I wanted to know the history of this flag. It's actually uh from Cecil. His name is Cecil Calvert. He was the second baron of Baltimore, so he was in charge of Baltimore when it was a colony. And they took what's called the escutcheon, which is part of uh, it's part of the, like a coat of arms or a field they called them. Which I got off on a take on this it was very interesting. Anyway, so they took this part from his dad, and then he took the uh, you know like the red and white part from his uh, grandmother, I believe, and they are part of the shield on his coat of arms, and that became our uh, your Maryland flag. Wow. He, was not officially adopted until 1904. Wow. So, Brandon, day. Only in the state for four years, so. You learn something new every day, and apparently they just love the flag. They don't like to teach you about the history of it. Yeah, you can't go up there and ask someone on the street the history of the state flag. Well, they wouldn't know what they're going to know that. Now you do. Now you have... Now I could go out and tell them that. It comes from the shield, uh, the lions, and all that stuff that you would find in uh, back in back when Britain was divided up into a bunch of royalty, and they didn't just have a queen. I need to go back on this Starbucks thing. What's what's the? Are you, do you only do Starbucks? Like even in Canada, you don't do Tim Horton or something? Well, Pete is, for lack of better words, a coffee snob. Uh, <laughs> And judges <laughs> their coffee choices. If it no, is, no, I do not judge. If it is not this small town mom pop coffee store that opened in 1905, and the same person's been running, same family's been running it for a hundred years. So every time he sees me the, uh, with a Starbucks coffee cup and stuff like that, he shoots me this look like I've done something wrong. <laughs> How dare I drink that coffee? Well, Madison has her own baking company. You just need her to make a coffee company now in your set, right? <laughs> oh, she can she can stay with the baking. She's got enough. She works enough. I'm trying to do anything else. She'd have one good customer in Pete, though. Maybe. No. If it was good enough. No, it's not. It then that would mean that I'm out. It hasn't been around long enough. That's all of these. I would. I would wager that most of these spots I go to have are more recent than Starbucks is. They are just not chains. You know, I think that when one goes to a new city, pardon me, you should you should try and try new things. You shouldn't, you know, go to the one thing that you know is going to taste like Starbucks cold brew. Well I I did try new things. I tried Toronto's Starbucks. Completely different than St. Petersburg Starbucks and their muffins are completely different. Thing about their loop, Brandon, is that you know I know when I walk into Chipotle, it's going to taste like Chipotle, right? I yeah. know, and and so when you go to Toronto Starbucks, it's probably going to be similar to St. Pete Starbucks. Fair? I'll concede that. Yeah, sure. That's the good. 
by the way, were completely different. What'd you say? The muffin. Usually get two blueberry muffins too, and had a little crumble on top that no other place has had so far. So um, have like the confectionery sugar or whatever it is, like the little cubes. Yeah, instead of it being like the little cute, like little actual sugar crystal was. So uh, definitely threw me off. I wasn't prepared for it. Will you ask uh, Madison what that's actually called? Because I, Lid has told me what it's called before, and I cannot for the life of me remember the type of sugar that doesn't melt and it just stays in the perfect little crystals on top. I, so I, I would get mad at me that I don't know that. Um, I do. If you don't know, you don't know, but you are married to a woman that you know runs her own bake shop. I don't get to spend a whole lot of time in the bakery area when okay. she's doing the baking. You just eat it. I yeah. Do you have any goodies or anything that you want to bring on our next flight? I don't think so. She's gotten a lot better at it now. Where when she first started, she would make almost like a double batch. Uh huh. Essentially, make it first so people could try it and make sure that it was good. Uh At backup. She messed up any. Now she doesn't. There's she no. Doesn't have any extras. She's, like she's gotten so good at it that if somebody orders twelve cookies, she just makes twelve cookies and nothing left over for me. It's pretty pretty. Uh, putting in a request that there's always like an extra cookie or something. I probably should just go in and change the order to thirteen every time. Doesn't the regular doesn't? I think that that sounds like an excellent idea. Ah, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. I have this written down. It's a question. I know that you are presently a proud Tennessean. Is that how you would, is that how you would say it? A Tennessean? Yeah. Be correct. Um, I. What is your best pitch? As as you know, uh, I am a St. Louisan. I don't know if I've touched on this or not, Neil. But the Rams left. The Rams left me. Mm-hmm. You're um, in the market. I am in the market for an NFL team. Do you have like an elevator pitch for the Tennessee Titans? Like a, like a brief, Hey, this is why you should come. Cause I know, I know that Flynn is a Titans fan now. And my, one of my good buddies from back home is a Titans fan. Your best friend is a Titans fan. So you might as well just come and be a Titans fan. That, that's, that's your pitch is that Flynn is an, is a Titans fan. So I should be one. No, no. I mean, that's just the first you should have seen. You should have been like, "Wow, I have a shirt with this guy, and he likes the Titans." He's probably—I do have a shirt guy. I mean, what do you need to know? We have the best running back in the league. We have two of the best wide receivers in the league. Rumor, uh, Julio. I—we can't throw him the ball more than like three times. Though I did see that he uh, got a fifteen-yard penalty for like swinging at a D-back. I don't know if you saw that or not in their most recent game. So thankfully we were playing during that game and I did not have to watch. Uh, I my fantasy scores and I realized that it was not a good day. I, I saw a few memes on, on the internet there that said that, you know, some guys were getting their career numbers in sacks and stuff like that. So I don't think it was a very fun game <laughs> in a hill. Um, but the good thing is, is that everyone on that team had kind of come out and said that, yeah, we got shown up 
and it won't happen again. So hopefully next week we come out and put a whooping on uh on whoever we have then. Do we know who they're playing next week? I need to I need to know. I don't close out the app, but I can check. I've got my iPad handy. I'm an excellent researcher as I go. Right, Neil? Yes. So did you switch to what from Washington to Tennessee by moving, or you were never a fan oh. of the Washington football team? My dad actually was always a Titans fan. You know, he he liked them when they were the Oilers, and then when they got moved up to Tennessee, he just kind of stayed with them. So it's always just kind of been something that's been in the family. Your Tampa Bay Rays have called up yet another talented prospect, and this one might be the hottest of them all. It's the Louisiana brand hot sauce, the new official hot sauce of the Tampa Bay Rays. Made right in the heart of Louisiana since 1928, the original Louisiana brand hot sauce adds just the right amount of pop to all kinds of meals, from wings and barbecue to eggs and popcorn. The original Louisiana brand hot sauce. Bring the heat. So, yeah, that, I, that's, that's a good aside. Where I know you were born in Newport News because I see it on the video board every day. Where did you grow up? Yeah, I, I figured that they wouldn't put where you were born on the <laughs> I spent, I don't know, however long I was in the hospital in Newport News and then spent my whole life in Suffolk, which is 30 minutes away. Okay. And so you're not, a, you're not a Newport News resident. I am not. Um, parents spend a lot of time in Hampton Roads, but that's where they worked. But again, 30 minutes in the other direction. Suffolk was in the middle of nowhere, kind of not a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot going on. Speaking of, uh, so the, the Titans, this Sunday, September 19th, yep. 14 p.m., are playing the Seattle Seahawks. Now, um, a quick turnaround after our Sunday game. Betting on baseball is illegal, so I would not, I don't condone that in any way, shape, or form. But do you and Kit have any wagers yet, or did you not know that they were playing the Seahawks? I actually haven't done any research on who they're playing yet. I usually wait until, honestly, probably like middle of the week. Middle of the week to see who uh, football. I don't have anything with Kit, and I don't know that I want to. Not a big gambler, not, not a big better. Anytime that I actually do, I lose, so... Are we talking like are we talking like friendly wagers between people? Anything blackjack? Are we talking anything in which I could go and buy a scratch off ticket? I'd never win a dime. So you're this is what I'm hearing from this is that when we hop back on that plane after this series, we should start putting me on every Smash Bros game that we play. No, because then I would be the worst player ever. Somehow, <laughs> way I'd get some kind of jinx and I'd never win another game. Sounds. I'm not going to say that it sounds like you're all in your own head with betting. It sounds like you got to try to do anything you can to get a win in Smash Bros. But I actually won our first game. Was he like the Washington Generals against the Harlem Globetrotters here, or what's this like? No, I would not go that far. Yeah, it's not that much of a blowout, but no, it's a it's a pretty competitive all in all. I would say, I would say that Brandon still does get his fair share of wins, more yeah. though, more so than anybody else. Um, 
a lot of fun, and some people get angrier than others. Look, we're not here to talk about my temper. All right, that's not what we're here to talk about. We all we all know that some of us uh, handle video game losses better than others. Uh, personally, I don't hand I don't handle any losses very well, whether uh, you know I'm playing cards against lid or I'm. Uh, pitching or I'm playing pickup basketball. I, I despise it. And typically that brings out a little bit of a, a bit of a reaction. We'll say carrier side of Pete Fairbanks. Just a little bit. I haven't really, I, uh, I think I've only broken one thing this year at the field. I've broken one thing outside of the yeah. field, not a story for the general public. That is, uh, that'll, that'll, that'll remain with us. Um, I do actually have a new way to deal with my frustrations and it's hitting. I don't know if I, on our last, so I, uh, gave a run. I think it was, I think it was against. Is it Minnesota? Either Minnesota or Boston. One of the two, I gave up a run on. We'll just call it bad luck. So I went and I grabbed one of Brandon's old bats that was uh, sitting in our, as I call it, the hitter's room. Yeah, it's funnier to me than calling it the cages or the cage. So I went and grabbed Brandon's old bat and started whacking balls off the tee, got all my frustration out in like six minutes, and I was good to go. It was great. You hit for six minutes? Were you sore after? No. I was... uh. I took some swings last night in the cage to try and get our offense going. I did manage to break up the no-hitter. I am taking all. I think we all appreciate that one. I know that you do. I will be taking a real bat instead of a training one down to the cage today to see what I can do for our offense. Wait, you're, you're swinging a little 12-inch bat? No, swinging the 38-ouncer. And I didn't realize <laughs> 38 like halfway through. And I'm like, why in the world is this thing so heavy? Then I looked at the handle. It said 34 inches, 38 ounces. I'm like, eh. wonder. This thing is a monster. So now that we're, uh, we're already on it, um, Brandon, on, and like, I, is, I would say that you are the only other person that of the four of us, well, three of us right now that, that play that will actually go out and, and research characters in in smash bros and and you know out who's good how you how do you use them is that how you approach all video games or is that just like a smash specific uh if i'm gonna compete against other people yeah well be you're dang right that i'm gonna go and figure out who the best character is how to play with that character the best and give myself the best chance of winning like you, I am not a fan of losing in mm -hmm. way, shape, or form. So if that means that I have to sit in bed at night and watch a couple of YouTube videos about <laughs> how to how to play with a character in Super Smash Bros. on a Nintendo Switch, then I'll stay up for 10 more minutes and figure out how to play with them. No doubt. Who, uh... We'll go, we'll go over. So the original 12, right? Mario, DK, Link, Samus... Yoshi, Kirby, Fox. I think it was Pikachu. Hold on. We got it right here. 
So the original, the original eight were Mario, DK, Link, <laughs> Yoshi, Kirby, Fox, Pikachu. Four that were unlockable from the original were Luigi, Captain Falcon, Ness, and Jigglypuff. Are you taking Donkey Kong out of the original 12? No. Donkey Kong's just a fun character to use because I can just take you guys off the map with me. <laughs> um, I was a big Fox character. Mainly, mainly for... I mean, the whole time I was growing up, items were in the game. Right. So I loved having the down B that if anybody threw a Pokeball at me or anything, ah, it turned, it, essentially it was now my Pokeball and everything went that way. So that's why, I mean, I was a big Fox guy. Oh, Fox. I don't like Fox, Neil. I don't like Fox because he shoots things back at me, like Brandon said. It is very annoying. Um so wait, there's there's like 80 characters now in this game, right? There are a lot. So do you you can like could you name them all, or do you you actually have researched all of them or characters? Well, there's I would say that there's 80 because one of the DLC fighters is like a tag team, so there are 80 in the game right now. I would say that we probably have gone in depth on no more than 10. Would yeah. Be- as I know, I've watched, I've gone out of my way to look up Zero Suit Samus, um, some Sephiroth, um, Kazuya, Hero, and Banjo and Kazooie. So I'd say I've probably looked up like four or five. And I would imagine that you've looked up probably King Dedede, who is, I don't know if you know who King Dedede is, Neil. King Dedede is. It's basically giant Kirby in a Santa hat with a ham with a giant mallet. Yeah, he's got a giant hammer. It looks like a bourbon barrel on a stick that he swings around and tries to hit people with. Yeah, probably hurts just about the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've probably gone. I I hit the uh, the very generic search of best. Smash players in <laughs> Smash Ultimate, <laughs> and uh, kind of based my searches off of that. But yeah, I mean, off the top, you know, you gotta looked up Fox for sure because I had to figure out how to be good with him with all the new characters, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't been good for me. And then they told me to use Wolf, and I can't use him. So Wolf, there's a lot of trouble. I'd special for Wolf is. We're gonna we're gonna delve really into it here for a second, Neil. Side special B is your special, right? A is your standard attack. B is your special. If you hold either way on with your your analog stick and hit B, you get a certain attack. Wolf's is very annoying because, as Brandon will tell you, it's not straight. At some forty five degree angle, and it only hits if they're in the air, and it's it misses all the time, and just sets you up to get hit very hard with one of their attacks unless you hit them in some I would call it a miracle because I've done it one time. Yeah, Wolf, Wolf, not great. But apparently he's good. According to the, the meta of Super Smash. Uh, all the pro players say they like Wolf. Man, I don't understand it. Did you, did you ever play the original Smash, Neil? I think we talked about this a long time ago. I don't remember off the top of my head. If I did, it was very limited. I'm not 
is geeked out is you guys are you guys are strong i'm i'm waiting to hear that brandon played in like some national competition in the off season something <laughs> like that. no he did not though i would like to see uh bilal and then dylan tate for the orioles actually are probably the two best smash bros players that i've uh played with consistently okay and uh we this was in 16 yeah 16 he's like all right so detail goes and buys a Wii and buys um brawl i think was the one that came out for that yeah it was it was brawl was the previous one and we got four gamecube gamecube controllers attached it to the Wii and would play uh would play brawl every night after our games and he was very good and i was very bad pretty similar to what happens now how many gamecube controllers did you break i they were not my gamecube controllers i did i had a ps4 controller actually survive and i'm a, just a very miraculous survival of being ripped off of a industrial sized trash can and it planked off the metal and was perfectly fine and i powers to that control i don't understand how it survived but it did it made it through i played with it until i swapped out my ps4 for an xbox because all of my friends were on uh xbox except for brandon who's on ps4 but we don't play together only only on the switch yeah i did i think actually this is one last little video game note and then we're gonna revisit a king ddd comment um i think this is rumors that my buddy's back home. Uh, the the four of us are considering switching back to PS5 when the new NCAA football comes out. Oh, because I'm I'm all in on NCAA football on it. Yeah, you can't not be one of the one of the best video games ever made. It's a shame that they discontinued it. Anyway, we're gonna revisit uh, something that we said about King Dedede and his bourbon barrel hammer. Um, Neil, you know that Brandon is a noted connoisseur. No, don't say noted or anything fancy. What do you? How is noted fancy? You should have taken offense to connoisseur, not noted. I mean, everyone should have picked up on that one. Noted just means of note. So, right here, we got my handy little bourbon notes written in pencil on my Ritz Carlton pad. Um. Bourbon is primarily made of three different ingredients. Okay, but it has to be fifty-one percent what? Pretty sure it's corn. Is corn? Yes. Um, Are you quizzing me right now? I was just no. I was trying to get you to fill in off the top to share your knowledge. I'm trying to like pass a test so we can talk about bourbon on your on your podcast. Yes, I just had to take some notes because I didn't know that. I knew that it was different, but I did not know why. So anyway, bourbon started in the 18th century, primarily in the American South. It has to be 51% corn and stored in a new container of charred oak, which is generally American white oak. Yeah. Um, and did you know that two-thirds of all U.S. exported distilled spirits are made up from bourbon? There you go. Anyway, so Bilal, what, where did I know that you... You told me you went to a liquor store yesterday and just to see what they had. Where did this, um, 
Like how did, how did bourbon come about as a hobby? Um, honestly, it was just all of the documentaries and stuff that are out about different kind of bourbon, scotch, all that kind of stuff. Like neat, I think is one. And then there's one on Hulu or Netflix that is about scotch. Um, Neat's the one about bourbon. And then they just had a new documentary come out that essentially was all about Pappy Gate and learning about all this stuff and all the history and all the work that kind of goes into the bottle of bourbon that you're drinking or the bottle of scotch that you're drinking just kind of really piqued my interest because in one of the videos, a guy said that he started working for the distillery at 15 years old. Decided he didn't want to go to school, so they put him to work in the shops where he was cleaning up after everything and put his first bottle or first scotch in a barrel at 20 years old. And he said that he was 70 years old now and he still had never seen what was in that barrel. And all that kind of stuff just kind of blew my mind that something was just sitting in a barrel for 50 years. So I kind of got into all the history and all the, like the process of distilling and making bourbon was very interested in the whole 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 deal what is do you know anything about the product like how is it i tried reading about it but it didn't make any sense to me is there a different like how does it work in terms of your different like as you age it how does that affect basically what you're is, i'm assuming you you brew it whatever you still it it goes into yeah and then so how- actually clear so when what- it comes out like your water or something like that when it goes into the barrel and a lot of it is dependent based on what floor it's on in your rick house and stuff like that apparently that's been like a huge thing with how hot each floor gets up in kentucky you know the top floors can get a little hotter in the bottom the basement and stuff like that so the biggest thing was the longer it's in the barrel the more time it has to mingle with the wood uh-huh. and we actually i have two barrels in my house that are empty just past been used bourbon barrels and you can look on like the side of it and see how much how far the bourbon actually went into the wood uh-huh. in the in the hot months and stuff like that where the wood was a little bit more porous and stuff like that so it went into the wood and then when it was colder, it kind of came back out. And that's kind of how the I see the majority of like what the aging process is, is, I mean, uh-huh. it really there and kind of goes in with the wood, comes out of the wood, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm, what I got from this is you're telling me that anytime that I crack open a bottle of what's a, what's a common, what's your most common, what'd you say the most common bourbon? You would find Jack. What? Jack Daniels. So if I were to open a bottle of Jack Daniels, pour myself a shot of it and drink it, I'm really just eating fermented wood water. I'm drinking fermented wood water. Is that, is that basically what it comes down to? You want to make it very unappealing and (laughs) very weird. Yeah, sure. It's a wood, wooden wood water, wood flavored alcohol. But then there's people that can smell it and taste it, tell you that there's fruit and 
different types of aromas in it, and I'm not at that level yet. So there are so, different. Oh, oh, go ahead, fire away. So have you gone to like tour facilities of like how like since you watch all these documentaries now, or because Tennessee, I, I bet there's a bunch of places where they make distilleries. Yeah, I've been to we went to Jack Daniels twice. We've been up to Kentucky a few times. Um, hoping to kind of go back up to Kentucky and do the Bourbon Trail, where there's like six or seven different distilleries that you can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's insane to kind of go up and look at how it's kind of changed and gone throughout the years of, you know, like Jack Daniels went down to Lynchburg, Tennessee because of this spring and the distillery is still on the spring. It uses that water still. It, that's like the whole reason that he went there and it's, yeah, but all this, all the distillery tours and stuff like that are pretty wild. Yeah, this, uh, I looked up the bourbon trail and it's, uh, it's got a lot of, it's basically every big name. Yes. You're not. Jack Daniels. I have not heard of angels. Is angels envy good? Angels envy is very good. Can't say the, the Bardstown bourbon company looks pretty cool. Pretty cool looking distillery. I will say. So half of these, I don't even, how do you keep all your, do you, are you able to determine, like if you are taking, say you're going to, you're getting a bottle of similarly aged Woodford, similarly aged bullet. Are you a, and, and say makers, are you able to like tell the difference between those? You would. Um, is, that, is that like the level that you're hoping to get to eventually? Um. On, on that level, I think, like, if I put those three in front of you, you would know one of them is different because right. of the mash bill. The, the Maker's is a weeded bourbon, so it'll be a little bit sweeter. It's going to not burn as much, where the other two are going to be a, a little bit harsher compared to that Maker's. Okay. You, you, would, you would know and be able to taste that, but... I, I did a few blinds this off season and huh. really was upset with myself because I got like one or two right out of a flight of six. So I'm not quite there, but that is disappointing. Are you going to eventually, I know you said you had, you had barrels at your house. Is that eventually going, are those eventually going to be put to use or I know that you also have a bourbon room in your house. You have a bourbon room. I oh. need Brandon's house is he has a bourbon room in it. Are you, how, how, how many bottles of bourbon are you storing in that room or planning on? Oh, that? I did, I did the math on it this off season. I think it, it wasn't as many as I was thinking. I mean, I think I probably had 40 or 45 bottles in there. Mm -hmm. um, the plan is to get a lot more here pretty soon. Um, me and a few of uh, my friends and their parents and stuff like that went in on a barrel of bourbon. So we're in the process of getting all that bottled and mm -hmm. getting, um, you know, the stickers put on it, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully um, it doesn't take as long as they were saying it might take. But uh -huh. yeah, there's 
got in January that I'll come into another about another 40 bottles. Is this where did you uh is it through a certain distillery or is how is uh Yeah, how, we went through the Buffalo system. Honestly, it's you kind of the whole process is very very in depth. Like you got to go and find out which barrel, which bottle you would like contact the distillery, see if you can even buy that barrel and a lot of them don't allow it. It's harder for them to sell it to like an individual party and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Due to like demand on it or I think it's like everybody's trying to find these bottles. Uh-huh. So the secondary market in this stuff is insanely marked up. Okay. So it's kind of like uh kind of like shoots. Yes. In terms of the resale for certain, you know, your certain bottle of I don't know. Vintage wild turkey. Yes. If you were able to get that from Turkey, it would be, I'm sure it's on their website or something from them, um, 60, 70 bucks. But if you tried to find it online right now, if you just Googled it, you'd probably find it for six, 700 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the very same with like all the Pappy. And I'm sure both of you have probably heard that name. Isn't that, uh, that was one of the characters from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, exactly. Um, but the family actually comes out every year when they get it. Uh, huh? Only like I was actually in, Yarbs and I were in uh, a liquor store in Boston and grabbed a couple bottles of wine and we're talking. And apparently it's only like a November thing that it comes out every year. Yeah, so every year they do, because they only produce a certain amount. Like, I mean, it's hard to meet the demand because everybody wants it uh-huh. when you, you think like the youngest pappy is 12 years. So it had, it had to have been bottled or barreled 12 years ago to even be considered. Yeah. So the, the youngest, probably the cheapest you could find yeah. would be a 2009. <clears throat> yeah. And you know, they have 12, 15, 20, 23. So you have to be able to have all those years. Um, and the family comes out every year and says, this is what we think these bottles should be sold at. And let's say like the 23 year Pappy is supposed to be like $250 or 300 bucks. Yeah. I am on their website right now. If you were to find the family reserve 15 year, their suggested price is one nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So Wait. I was in a liquor store in Michigan right in uh right by our hotel the other day uh-huh. and the guy had the whole lineup uh from 10 to 23 mm-hmm. no price tags on so i just call a guy over i'm like all right man like what do you have these at and he looked at me square in the face all seriousness five thousand dollars <laughs> for the 23 year old pappy uh-huh. and people can do that because there's just no, the supply is, it's so low. Like, I mean, that was, that was the first time I'd ever seen that bottle in person. Uh-huh. And guy's got a $5,000 price tag on it. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's also in Birmingham and cost so, high in Birmingham. Yeah. I mean, he's, 
I mean, we, we shared a laugh on it. And I was like, that's very, very marked up. And he was like, yeah, but someone's going to buy it. Someone will. Someone will come in with $5,000 and spend it on a single bottle and walk out thinking they won. Yeah, I hear. Uh, so I, I just a quick. This is a Pappy 23 year price. Uh, they pulled up. It's a chart that has the variety, the MSRP, and the average retail price for reference. Um, the 15 year MSRP, so listed price from the company, $99.99. You want to take a guess at the average retail price of that? $2,500. You're about a thousand high, it's $1,413 for the 15 year. The uh, 20 year is. 2000 and the 23 years 2957. Ah, I just got all the updates in my They're coming down. Yeah, my, they might be, or maybe the cost of living in Birmingham is just absurd. Do you have any pappies? I actually have one pappy. I have the 12 year. My, uh, building a few relationships i actually got that bottle in this year so i was pretty excited about it i've yet to crack it open but i'm so it's just it's just sitting there waiting for you walk past it every day and i'm like like, i can't we get back at midnight like i'm not looking in trying to be like oh what drink should i make today it's always at like two or three in the afternoon i'm like i can't drink right now yeah i've that that is uh i don't understand the difference in taste between it i'm glad that you do um i'm also glad that you're not really into the shoe resale market as well as the uh uh the bourbon resale market because that would be rather expensive all in all but yeah and that it, that's crazy to me that it's a five that he could look you straight in the face and just no, no laugh. Yeah, just, just five thousand. Yeah, he was like, I don't, "Someone's gonna do it. Like, are you gonna be that guy?" And I was like, "I walked out. No thanks. I I'll never <laughs> back in this store." Neil, have you ever had it's in like bottle of bourbon? The the really nice stuff versus you know the stuff that you just find on the shelf every day, which it's kind of what me and you have kind of figured out that, you know, you kind of get what you pay for kind of thing. That you do. Buy the cheap stuff. It's going to burn. It's going to, it'll get you where you want to go, but it might be an enjoyable way to get there. Uh, Somebody enjoy it. I I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm going to be partaking in any off the shelf gym beam anytime soon. Pete, does it does this balance out the whole Starbucks situation? Because he's like way up there on the. That's I'm I don't go buy resale bags of coffee, nor am I able to really tell you the difference. I can tell you, like the difference in kind of where a bean might be sourced from, just because they each have their like unique like you. Uh, there's a if you put a a regular if you put a rye or you put a scotch and you put a bourbon in front of old Brandon, I would imagine he can tell you which is which. Just kind of where I, it's what I like about coffee is that you can tell if something's, you know, like a South American or an African 
versus like a Kona, which is a Hawaii, um, a Hawaiian bean. Um, so yeah, I, I do appreciate that. Uh, what I like for him to go to a different coffee shop. Yes, but we've beaten that horse to death. Um, my wife is going to be upset that we talked about coffee and probably video games because she says that I talked about them too frequently. But, you know, we got to delve into a hobby that not a lot of people, uh, I can, I'm sure that there are a lot of bourbon drinkers in the world, but there are not a lot of people that will take it that seriously. And so we have to appreciate Brandon for that. That's all Thanks. I got. I don't know if Bila has any, you have any closing remarks to really, uh, really finish us off here. Yeah, nothing for you. Neil, any last words or any last, a last question that you have for, for Brandon off the top of your head? Brandon answered the most important question, which was, I was going to say, how do you not get fat because of Madison cooking all those desserts? And we found the answer that she doesn't make any extras for you. Yeah, you had a lot of them. I ate a lot of cookies. I ate a lot of cake. Now this year, there's nothing. I feel a little less loved. Wow. I feel less loved. That is, uh, I'm not going to dive into that one. Anyway, it's been a pleasure having old Brandon Lau on, and it's great to see him maximize his taste buds using different forms of bourbon. Thanks for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.